Welcome to the Fire Market. It is June 1st, 2023. Thanks for listening and joining us. Please don't forget to follow the Facebook Fire Mark page. We're still climbing. We crossed 180,000 downloads, approaching 200,000 super fast. Thanks to everyone for supporting the program. Don't forget, you can not only follow the Fire Mark on Facebook, but also on Instagram and our only our newly launched YouTube channel. So please subscribe to that. So that's where we're going to be posting short clips of the show and other fun stuff. So we appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll get right into our current events segment here. Uh, May 11th, uh, the COVID visa has expired. We made it. It's a celebration time. Yeah, listen. Woohoo! I was at the docks on May 11th and watched Mr. and Mrs. COVID leave the USA. Coincidentally, the uh, WHO also ended the COVID World Health Emergency at the same time. Okay. You know, what a farce this whole thing was. I'm sorry. You know, I, I can't begin to tell you how insulting it is as I have been a paramedic for 15 years and was on the, quote, front lines of this pandemic and saw none of what the news or these so-called health officials were telling us about this disease. And now we had to get an exact date for COVID to go away. Okay. This is about as stupid as wearing a mask to enter a restaurant and then taking it off when you sit down to eat. The people that gaslit us with all the lockdowns, school closures, and other restrictions have not been held accountable for all their lies and mistakes, and they continue to back them. So let me ask this. Why was there no fanfare when COVID ended? No praise for Fauci or Walensky for doing a good job or Biden for praising himself or helping everyone through it? You know, why? Because they want you to forget how authoritarian they were. And for all these people out there that are telling me to move on from COVID, yeah, no. Why don't you move on from Trump in January 6th? As I've said on this show before, I'm never moving on from COVID authoritarianism until people are held accountable. I had to have a surgery on my body, which would have otherwise been unnecessary. My son was held back a grade. And even my father, who passed away, not from COVID, but he passed away four weeks before my wedding. And that was because of COVID lies and authoritarianism. I even had a nurse threatening to kick me out of the hospital on my dad's last day that he was alert because I wouldn't wear a stupid mask in his private room when it was just me and him in there. So we don't forget about the Holocaust. We don't forget about 9-11. We learn from these mistakes and we get better. And we make sure that these things never happen again because if we forget, then they get away with all the horrible crimes they committed. This is the exact reason I do this show is to get the word out there And that we should continue to make these people stay in trial for their crimes and never, ever, ever forget that this happens so it never happens again. Moving on, Bud Light has been in the news with their controversy, losing money. Uh, Also, Target got in the fray. They also wanted to go ahead and lose money, I guess, and give money over to Walmart. I don't know. Uh, When when are these companies going to realize that people don't want these trans issues in the forefront of their lives? Bud Light has reportedly lost $27 billion, billion with a B, in their stock since getting this Dylan Mulvaney to be a spokesperson for Bud Light. Now, not only people don't want to associate with Bud Light, there's a fear of a negative stigma and a side eye if you're anywhere and you order a Bud Light at a bar or you're buying Bud Light at the convenience store. You know, when will the trans community realize most people don't care who you are or what you identify as? Just stop making yourselves better than everyone else and cut out this trans supremacy mental illness that has infected these people. And then maybe Transheiser Bush will wake up and learn from this egregious mistake and recover. It's ridiculous. We had the uh, Dominion settlement and 
a bunch of things happening over in the uh, Fox News and CNN world. So Dominion Voting Systems and Fox News, they reached a $787.5 million settlement that Fox News is going to have to pay out over lies that they told about Dominion Voting Systems skewing the results of the 2020 election. And still to be determined or possibly as a result of the fallout from this, we still don't know. Tucker Carlson gets his show canceled on April 24th. Now, one thing I want to make clear that a lot of people are are misrepresenting is that Fox didn't fire Tucker Carlson because they have a contract with him. So if they fired him, they'd be defaulting on their contract. They'd owe him a lot of money. So what they did, they did it smart. They pulled him from his on-air segments and they put a show in his place. So they don't have to renege on their contract. And now we still don't know the full story. Because he was the most popular show on Fox News. So why would you get rid of your A-star? Interesting to see if this ever comes out, but I probably doubt it will. And on the exact same day, weird enough, Don Lemon at CNN actually does get fired. Now, I don't like either of these men because they're both extremists with whacked-out ideology. Obviously, Tucker on the right and Lemon on the left. So the fact that they are both let go makes me think that there maybe there's a threat of hope for this country. You know, unless you, of course, talk to the whiny cat ladies on The View who are basically popping champagne over Tucker Carlson's show getting canceled, but you don't see anyone on the right popping champagne over Lemon getting fired, so interesting. Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, throws his hat in the ring, declares his candidacy. Ugh. You know, I don't know. You tell me, but I think this guy's in way over his head. Maybe this will be a practice run for him for for 2028 so you know there's no downside to experience but does anybody realistically give him a chance you know the only chance I think is that if he has if Trump has his legal issues that tie him up and somehow find a way to disqualify him you know this all comes as DeSantis continues this ridiculous fight with Disney that he keeps losing so the latest thing one of the members on this so-called board that he appointed to replace the Reedy Creek district has already resigned before they even technically started because they were supposed to start on July 1st. So what the hell is going on here? None of this fight with Disney is winning DeSantis any votes as Captain Ahab continues to hunt his whale. DeSantis was also mentioning about taking over land near Disney and doing whatever he wanted with it and even considering making a prison near Disney. Now, anyone with half a brain knew he was joking about that, but why give the left any ammunition and just at the expense of a stupid joke like that? This guy may be well-educated, but he really has a lot to learn about being a politician. And also, Florida amends its resign-to-run law so that DeSantis can stay governor of Florida while running for president. Okay, I mean, it's easy to do when you're running a supermajority in the in the government in Florida. Uh, he also pushed dis- uh, uh, quietly pushed forth a bill banning abortions past six weeks in the state of Florida, which is basically a full ban on abortion. So he does this with his supermajority, Yet still got to be ratified. But my question is this. Why is he pandering so much to a base that already supports him based on his recent election results in Florida? I mean, he turned the purple state of Florida completely red. This tells me that he has no idea how to run a national campaign and that he's going to crash and burn hard. Probably 80-90% of this country supports pro-choice no matter which side of the political spectrum you're on. So, in my opinion, this is a terrible platform to be running on. Uh, let's see, other news. Of course, President Let's Go Brandon, he meets with the Tennessee so-called lawmakers, the Tennessee Three, who acted like clowns of bullhorns in their session of the Tennessee legislature. But he chooses not to meet with the actual victims of the school shooting that they were protesting. 
You know, another blunder from this useless old piece of shit. Then he quietly announces that he's running for president again in 2024. This guy has zero accomplishments to speak of. But it is clear that the left is scared of Trump, and they think that Biden is the only person that could beat Trump in a rematch. So, really, what a sad state of affairs if we end up with these two golden girls running for president in this country. Judy Bloom, the famous children's author, wrote a bunch of books for preteens. Yeah, she got her panties in a bunch with uh, saying that her book, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, supposedly being banned in schools when it's not. Stop with this nonsense, really, about the, using the term book bans. I'm so sick of it. There is no such thing as a book ban if I can find your book on Amazon. So stop being a victim and stop with this victim mentality crap. And usual segment, back to uh, Tom Hartman. My Tom Misinformation segment, so Regressive Serious XM host, Tom Hartman, who I refer to as Tom Heartless or Tom Misinformation, if you've heard this program before, because the amount of gaslighting he does to his audience is so extreme, and I usually take this time in this segment to call him out. So here's a clip from a recent show where he is taking calls. I apologize in advance for the two F-bombs you're about to hear, but they are necessary. Missouri legislature said, "Fuck you, we're not going to do it." Oh, I'm sorry. You can't you you can't use language like that on the air. Um, my apologies to anybody who might have heard that. Bob in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Hey, Bob, what's on your mind today? Well, hi, Tom. Uh, sorry, I had to be queued in here right after the fuck you. Just, uh, gee, I can't believe it, Bob. There we go, twice in a row. Yeah, that's no more, Bob either. Bob, you are now banned. I have the smartest listeners on earth. I'm telling you, this show is so much fun to do because of you. We'll be right back. Now, in all honesty, I edited the end part in about him having the smartest callers. But the truth is, is that he did have all of this happen on the same show. How do you have two people drop F-bombs and ban them from your show and then later say you have the smartest listeners on that same show? So from this idiot, let's transition easily to Idiots of the Week. Got a couple of them this week. So my first one is going to be conservative talk show host Andrew Wilkow. He was on his show, and he was talking about beer amidst the Bud Light controversy and everything, and he had this to say. Is Lucky and Pearl still around? We used to drink that when I went to the University of Florida. We used to go to the ABC and the ABC liquor lounges, right? And they had all sorts of, like, really inexpensive beers, and you'd buy them by the 30-pack, and, you know, it was just beer, right? It's beer. You know, you're going to have funnels, and you're going to do all sorts of things. You're going to pay play chandeliers and Century Club and all that stuff. Who played Century Club? Did you play Century Club? Bill, have you ever played Century Club? Did you ever play Century Club? You don't know what Century Club is? On Twitter, what is Century Club? You never played Century Club? Are you looking that up? Century Club is where you take a shot of beer every minute for 90 minutes. Okay? There's Hour of Power and Century Club. Century Club is 90 minutes? No, Andrew, I also went to the University of Florida and proudly made the Century Club once, and it's 100 minutes because a century is 100 years. So shout out to my boy Ozzy, who I'm sure remembers that party and the hilarity that ensued afterward, but uh, that's a story for another time. And another idiot of the week is regressive talk show host Michelangelo Signorelli, who was also talking about the Bud Light controversy as well, and referencing what some people use to hold their beers. And they're all using this can cover, a cooch or a coochie, or I don't know what the hell they call it. And I'm sure Bud Light is perfectly fine with that. Buy the beer, 
A koozie. Right, yeah, there it is. Okay. Buy the beer. I'm not a beer drinker, as you can tell. Buy the beer and... So this guy thought it was called a coochie? I guess when you're gay, you don't have any use for that word. So if you think it means other things, but that's just lazy research to me. I mean, if you're going to talk about something, then at least use the right terminology. Otherwise, you're going to end up right here on this segment every week. And finally, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the uh, cubic zirconia girls of The View. Here is Joyless Behar talking about fascism. He needs another four years to finish the job. You can't fight fascism in four years only. You need eight years for that. So you need eight years to beat fascism? Obviously, she was talking about Biden running again. Um, We beat fascism in three and a half years in World War II, you idiot. You had to remember that because I know you're probably about 50 years old when that war started. This stupid woman probably doesn't even know how to spell fascism, much less be qualified to talk about it. So anyway, that's our Idiot of the Week segment. There's our three Idiots of the Week. And I want to thank you for listening to Current Events, and I will be right back with sports. Welcome back to the Fire Mark. It is June 1st, 2023, and this is our sports segment. Getting right into it, the NBA playoffs. We have the NBA Finals set. We got the Denver Nuggets playing the Miami Heat. So the Boston Celtics took on the Miami Heat in the a wild Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics came back from a 3-0 deficit to tie 3-3, I think the fourth time ever in the history of the NBA. Wild Game 6 in Miami. Uh, there was a foul call with on Jimmy Butler. They were down two points. You know, the, the foul call was bullshit. I don't know if you saw it. He was throwing the ball just randomly up the air. Now, and he was behind the three-point line, so they gave him three free throws. He made all three free throws, and the Heat take a one-point lead with two seconds left. You have to be making an attempt on the basket in order to get the free throws. You can't just be throwing the ball randomly up in the air. It's, it's ridiculous that they call this. But I was, you know, upset that the game was going to be decided by that. But then a miracle layup at the buzzer with .1 seconds like that. Incredible win for Boston. But somehow they lose game seven at home. And the Heat dominated. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, what, second eight seed to play uh, in the NBA Finals after the Knicks did it in 1999. They're going to face Denver for the Finals, which starts tonight. Listen, Denver's just way too talented for the Heat. I can see the Heat stealing a game or possibly two. But ultimately, Denver wins their first basketball championship, in my opinion, and ends the Cinderella run of the Heat. So, Nuggets in six. On to the NHL playoffs. The Panthers, they win an incredible Game 4 in the Eastern Conference Finals at home to sweep the Carolina Hurricanes out of the playoffs. I was actually there to watch the game in person. What a game. One of the most exciting games I have ever been to. Uh, unbelievably, I was also at Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals last year when the Lightning played the Rangers. So, two years in a row, I'm at the game where the home team wins the Eastern Conference Championship. Crazy. Blessed to be, have done both of those things. 
Uh, the Canes tied the game at three with three minutes left, and then a late penalty puts the Panthers on the power play, and clutch Matt Kachuk gets the game winner with 4.3 seconds left. Unbelievable. The place was unreal. In fact, when they went on the power play with like a minute left, I was actually recording it live, and so were a bunch of other people that I know, just to try to see if they were going to score in the most incredible fashion, and of course it happened. So unbelievable. I got that on camera, on tape, on my phone. It was fantastic. Panthers head coach Paul Maurice said the players have taken over the locker room, and that's the difference, and they're pushing each other to be better, and you can definitely see this on the ice. And guess who was also there at Game 4 besides myself to witness this? Yarmir Yager, the Penguins great, who kept playing professional hockey into his 50s and only recently retired. Amazing, unbelievable career. He was there to witness the game, and then I realized this. This is funny. He's the only person to be in the building both times the Panthers have won the Eastern Conference, as he was on the Penguins when the Panthers beat them in Pittsburgh in Game 7 in 1996. So, I mean, unless there's some crazy diehard Panther fan who flew to Pittsburgh for Game 7 in 96 and is still following the team today, 27 years later, and was also at Game 4, but I could probably say for certain that Yager was the only one, so I thought that was kind of cool. In the uh, Western Conference, Dallas Stars, they won. Uh, they were down three games to none to the Vegas Golden Knights. They came back and won games four and five and totally got dominated in game six at home and lost six to nothing. So Stars captain Jamie Benn had this awful, vicious cross-check in game three of that series. And then he did it to Mark Stone, the Vegas captain. And then while Mark Stone was on the ground, he like sucker punches the guy in the back of the head. And later on... He talks about how like he was trying to get up. He wasn't trying to get up. You were trying to sucker punch the guy. Well, fortunately, the referees took none of that. He got kicked out of the game with a with a full game misconduct. So he missed. It was one minute into game three. So he missed all of game three. Then he got suspended for games four and five. Comes back for game six after Dallas fights their way back without their captain, and he literally does nothing when he returns to the lineup. What an awful showing. For your captain. And then he, lying about the punch at the press conference? Ridiculous. That shows complete lack of leadership in my opinion. And the star should be considering taking the C away from him. Because th- that was just awful. Ridiculous behavior. So now we're going to have Vegas versus the Panthers for the cup. No one had this in their predictions. The Panthers are scrappy and anything can happen with uh, Sergei Bobrovsky and net. But... You know, Vegas is too deep and talented top to bottom. I mean, every position, they're deep, defensing pairings and everything like that. I just don't see how the Panthers are going to be able to keep uh, keep up with Vegas for a whole series. I see this playing out similarly to the uh, Bolts-Avalanche final last year. So, just like the Avalanche won in six last year, my prediction is Golden Knights in six this year. And... God willing, uh, I should be going to games three, four, and six. And uh, if they win it in six, I'll be there in person to see the cup. So that'll be a lot of fun. Into uh, Premier League, English Premier League, Manchester City, my boys, they win the Premier League title for the third straight time. You know, they have the rare chance to win the treble, which is the Premier League title, the FA Cup, and the Champions League all in the same season. This is a feat that hasn't been done since Manchester United did it in the 98-99 season. They are literally two wins away. Man City plays Man United on June 3rd for the FA Cup Championship, and then Man City will later play Inter Milan for the Champions League title on June 10th. So if they win both those games, they'll win this historic treble, which, again, hasn't happened since 98-99. So two wins away, so we're going to watch that closely. So that's real exciting. NFL news. The NFL released their schedule, I think, since the last regular podcast. The schedule actually worked out pretty good for me as a Carolina Panthers season ticket holder. I'm excited to see what shakes out. 
My good friends Don, Norm, Lowell, shout out to them. They're confirmed to come with me to games. Uh, Going to be doing the podcast live from the uh, Panthers Stadium, from Bank of America Stadium. So the Panthers are going to host their team, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we'll see what happens with the schedule. So there's a lot of international games going on, and it should be a, another exciting NFL season. In other sports news, we lost NFL legend Jim Brown, who some say is the greatest running back of all time for the Cleveland Browns, so we mourn his passing. The Philadelphia 76ers, they fired coach Doc Rivers after three straight second-round exits. You know, I used to be a big fan of Doc Rivers. He was the coach of the Magic. He was super nice to me when I used to work for the team back in the day 20 years ago. But, you know, since then, he had some time with the Clippers, and while he was there, he made some racist comments. So, you know, I don't really care for him, so I'm I'm happy to see him go, to be honest with you. Vezina finalist. The Vezina is the, um, most, uh, the best goaltender in the NHL, the finalist this year. Linus Allmark from the Boston Bruins, Ilya Sorokin from the New York Islanders, and Connor Hellebuck from the Winnipeg Jets. But funny enough, all three of these goalies, none of them, they all made the playoffs, but none of them even made it to the second round. So those are your top goaltenders, which is interesting. But, you know, I do like that they have and and do it for the regular season and not just for the playoffs, and they have a separate award for the playoffs. So the Washington Redskins, Potato Skins, Commanders, Commander and Chip, whatever the hell they're called, they're finally sold by Dan Snyder to a group for over $6 billion, which ends a tumultuous ownership time with that franchise. You know, I like to call them the potato skins. I, I don't like changing the name because that erases history. That's that was my opinion. They they were the Redskins. They should they should have just changed the logo to potato skins and they still could have been Redskin potatoes, but that's just me. Eighty one year old Martha Stewart graces the cover of Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Why? You know, I, I don't care about her age, but what the hell does she have to do with sports? You know, this is getting ridiculous. So Coach K, Mike Shashevsky, and Johnny Dawkins announced his new members, newest members of the College Basketball Hall of Fame. I met Johnny Dawkins a few months ago. Super guy. Awesome. A lot of fun. Very humble. Uh, I met him through a mutual friend here in Orlando. Is he the he- he's the head coach of the UCF basketball team here. So hopefully if the cards fall right and we use my connection, we can get Coach Dawkins on a future podcast. So that'll be a lot of fun. Get him to talk about the College Basketball Hall of Fame, preview the UCF's upcoming uh, basketball season. So we'll see what happens there. On to our Sports Idiot of the Week. So the Women's World Cup is starting next month, and also the WNBA is starting up. So two of the premier former players in the past of these leagues are Sue Bird and Megan Rapinoe. Both of these women are actually fighting against women by supporting male trans athletes in women's sports. What hypocrisy is that? They would be the first to speak out if a man took their roster spot in their leagues, but now they're retired, so now they're going to go ahead and support this cause? You know, just because we list LGBTQ altogether doesn't mean the L's need to stand with the T's. So, Sue Bird and Megan Rapinoe, you guys together are my sports idiots of the week. And last and certainly least, the biggest sports idiot of the week goes to the guy that sits in section CL13, row 3, seat 13, at the Florida Live Arena in Sunrise, Florida for the Florida Panther games. I mentioned this asshole on the last show about me standing up when the Panthers scored. Now, he actually grabbed my shoulder and asked me not to lean forward in my seat while I'm watching the game. Oh my God, the entitlement of these people. I turned around and said to him, that was enough. We do not all cater to you and bow to your comfort. When the puck moves, I'm going to be shifting in my seat to see it better. 
And then his wife chimes in about not being able to see either. You know what? Then buy seats in the front row, or better yet, watch the game at home. No one needs you here anyway because you stay in your seat. While everyone's losing their mind when the Panthers score a goal, you guys are sitting down. And you know what? Learn some goddamn hockey etiquette and don't go to your seat from the concession area when the puck is in play. You know, this guy finally did shut up after I confronted him, so I'll let you know if I have any more interactions with this guy at the Stanley Cup Finals next week. So, more than idiot of the week, this guy is asshole of the week. Anyway, thanks for listening to our sports section, and I will be right back with entertainment. Welcome back to the Fire Market. It is June 1st, 2023. This is our entertainment segment. I am happily joined again by my beautiful wife, Jess. Say hi, Jess. Hi. And uh, yeah, so we'll get into it. A notable death, obviously, so you can tell by the music. Tina Turner, we uh, we just uh, sad. She was, what, about 80-something years old, I think? 82, 83. 82, 83. We just watched her show, I mean, just a few months ago about her life or biopic or whatever. I think we reviewed it right on a previous show. We did. And uh, it was a great show, you know, amazing life. You know, she came from nothing in, what, Alabama, ten, no, Tennessee, I think it was. And, uh, you know, I mean, she lived a few, full life. And uh, obviously there's been movies, there's been theater shows, everything for her. She had great music. Everybody, she had a comeback after her whole mess with Ike Turner. And, you know, if you're a child of the 80s, you know, this song and a, a bunch of other songs. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a loss. I mean, everybody passes away, but she had a full life. So we obviously mourn her passing a bunch of new movie trailers. We sat down the other day, watched a bunch of stuff, Boston Strangler. Um, I would guess the true story about the murders over in Boston. Um, Jess, you like those kind of thriller movies? Yeah, I'd watch those. I like those crime mystery kind of things. And we saw this one, a thousand and one, about this woman who steals her son back. I guess she gives him up for adoption, but then steals him back somehow. You said you would see that, I That think. one I was interested in, too. It looked like a great story and just, like, the love of a mother who would do anything for their child. Okay. And then uh, Haunted Disney's going to uh, make some remakes here. Haunted Mansion and Peter Pan and Wendy. So those are coming out. I don't know. I mean, how much are you going to do the same topics over and over again? Haunted Mansion looked a little scary. It did. I'm not really interested in that. I don't really like the ride at Disney, so I'm not the ride. Either. The ride's cool though. The ride's fun. I don't, fun. I don't I find don't the ride that scary. I, th- I find it kind of fun, but no, it's not scary. I yeah. Still like it. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. We had two kind of spy series. We had Citadel, which is going to be a spy TV series, and then another one called Ghosted, which is a spy comedy. Those look kind of good. I think, I think those are, like, good for, for male and female, you know? You get the date night aspect of it. You get some action for the guys. You get the romance for the girls. I think that's a that's a good formula. I don't know. Yeah, the ghosted one looked really cool because it looked kind of like it was a romantic comedy, too. And then the um, the girl was the spy, you know? And yeah, so she, it was a little role reversal, right? Yeah, so she was the one who was kind of saving the guy from everything. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, and it was funny because, like, she ghosts him because, uh, but she's really a spy, so she's too busy to text back because she's busy being like an assassin and everything. So that wasn't really like a true ghost, but it was funny. 
Uh, what else did we see? Secret Invasion. That's a uh, backstory about Nick Fury, Marvel Universe stuff. So that's going to be coming out as a TV series. We saw this weird one, Bo is Afraid, some psychological thriller with Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, that might be a little too much for me. Yeah. That was weird. It was weird. If I can't understand the preview, I can't. I 100% agree. 100% agree. Uh, We saw one, Last Voyage of the Demeter, like this horror thriller. I thought it looked good. Jess, I know you're not into horror movies. Nope, not going to see that one. Okay, so I'm watching that by myself. Yes, you are. (laughs) The Continental, finally they have a teaser trailer. I talked about it on this show before. It's uh, from from the universe of John Wick. So it's going to be a three-part series. The teaser showed us nothing. It was literally a minute long, and it showed us nothing. But why is it only going to be three parts? I don't know. I'm going to watch it. I'm interested. I love that whole John Wick universe, but we'll see what happens. They're making a Twisted Metal TV series. Twisted Metal, people remember, was this uh, video game on Sony PlayStation. It was a lot of fun, apocalyptic, where everybody had these modified cars with machine guns and flamethrowers and bombs on it, and everyone's destroying each other. So much fun of a video game. But to make a series on it, eh, hard pass, hard pass. Then there was this other movie called The Creator. It looks like they're fighting against AI which obviously has been done before. It looks good, but like if we're making movies about fighting against AI, then why in reality are we creating AI? Mm. <laughs> you know? Like we did this in Terminator. I keep saying that. We know what happened. Judgment Day, Skynet. No, none of that. Stop. Theater Camp. I didn't find it so amusing, but you thought it was cool. I guess it's about a bunch of kids going to a theater camp somewhere and trying to do a show at the end of the camp. Yeah, it looks hysterical. It looked like a great comedy. Um, a lot of laugh out loud funny parts in um, the previews. I don't know. I would definitely watch that. Yeah, okay. Maybe you'll twist my arm into going to that one. I couldn't believe when I saw this, they're making a Twister 2 with Helen Hunt back. Obviously not Bill Paxton because he died. I guess Casper Van Dien, is who has nobody's heard from in decades, is the male lead. So... I don't know. I mean, it went from, like, just the tornadoes to now, like, some apocalyptic movie, right? Yeah. I don't know. They lost me. I like the first Twister. It was kind of cool with the cows, like, flying in the sky and everything. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'm not into these end-of-the-world climate kind of things. I don't know. I just like to live my happy life. Right. You just... Uh, flying cows and Jess is in. Oh, got it. Eat more chicken. So... <laughs> Very excited for And Just Like That, Season 2, coming out June 22nd, just three weeks away. You're excited? I'm very excited for this one. I I thought you were kind of like meh on the show, though. I don't know. I liked it. I missed it. I I enjoy the fashion. Yeah, well, okay. I like it. It was was decent. I didn't mind it. It was okay. And Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, they go to Greece. That looks fun. Uh, uh, I hope it's going to be good. I would see that. Um, I like the first two movies. They're a lot of fun. They're great date movies. They're not just like groaners. You can definitely sit through them. You know, speaking of that, and obviously tying into and just like that, you got, um, what's his name? John Corbett, who's the uh, husband in Big Fat Creek Wedding 3. He shows up in and just like that season two. He's there with Carrie. What was his name? Aiden? When you know who a- else is back in Aiden's season two? Ba- uh, spoil me. Well, uh, Samantha's back. Samantha is back. But just for like a second, and from what I understand, she has absolutely no interaction with the other women. It's just like a very quick cameo. 
I guess, to see what Samantha is doing, and that's it. That's all we got of Samantha. All right, small steps. First season, she was texting. Second season, five-second cameo. And then by season three, she'll stop by at the end for lunch. And then by season four, she'll be back with the regular guys. I don't know. She's pretty mad, Samantha. (laughs) No, she is. No, I know she's pretty mad. I'm just kidding. I mean, in real life and in the story. No, no, I understand. No, no, of course. Movie reviews. We saw The Covenant. I know you thought there were some rough parts. Yeah, it's hard for me to watch these war movies. I don't like violence. I get stressed out and nervous, but it was a great movie. Amazing film. Best film I have seen since Top Gun Maverick. I highly recommend. The basic story is Jake Gyllenhaal. Is the, it's in tw- takes place 2018 Afghanistan. He's the commander of a squadron, of a squad of, of soldiers that are hunting IED factories. They find an IED factory. Right before that, they go ahead and hire a Afghan refugee who's an interpreter and under the guise that if he helps the Americans out, then he will get safe passage for him and his family to the United States. While they're hunting the ID factories, they get ambushed. Everybody gets killed except for Jake Gyllenhaal and the interpreter. And they're stranded 100 miles away from base with no communication. A few days later, Jake Gyllenhaal gets shot but not killed. And the interpreter basically puts this guy on his back and walks 100 miles back to base and saves this guy's life. And then the dude wakes up back in the United States. And they the U.S. reneges on the offer. And the guy is like number one on the most wanted list of the Taliban because he helped out an American and he's stranded over there hiding for his life with his uh, wife and his infant child. So Jake Gyllenhaal has to go, the government turns his back on him and Jake Gyllenhaal has to go back into enemy territory by himself to go ahead and rescue this guy and his family and pull him out of Afghanistan. Amazing film, edge of your seat the entire time, well acted. The guy that played the interpreter, I never even seen him before. He was fantastic. Jake Gyllenhaal nailed the role. Just, I, I, I loved it. I, I can't say enough about this movie. I thought it was just, just fantastic. You just really got to feel that you were there in Afghanistan and how horrible it is for our soldiers. You know, as we just celebrated Memorial Day, we have D-Day coming up, how horrible it is for soldiers, how horrible it is for the people that live there. It, it, it just really puts you in, in, in everything in perspective. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, definitely go see it. It's worth the watch. And I think it was also um, a little bit of an education because you do have yes. these thousands of people that helped American soldiers. We left them we there. We left them there. We turned our back on them. And that's just really, really sad. And a lot of them have lost their lives already or are in hiding. So I think this movie really shed some light on something that at least I didn't realize or I never mm-hmm. even thought about. Yep. So definitely go check out Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Uh, TV route. Well, we haven't watched a lot of television. I did see that the new Gremlin show, The Secrets of the Mogwai, is out on Max. So I'm anxious to check that out. It's that animated show. It takes place when... Mr. What the hell was his name? Mr. Wing or something like that. The old Asian guy, uh, Japanese guy that actually sells um, Gizmo to the family in the first movie. He's like a little kid, and I guess it talks about how he meets Gizmo and how everything starts. It looks cute. It looks funny. Definitely want to check that out. I think Steven Spielberg's involved in it, so it should be good. Let's see. uh, Little Mermaid's out in the theaters. Um, Madison daughter saw it and said that she loved it. I don't know. I know that you're going to be taking Liv 
at some point. Yes, I'm going to take Olivia. I have heard that everyone loves it. That is just absolutely amazing. Like, little kids are loving it. People our age who watched it when they were kids are, are loving it. So I'm excited to see it. Yeah, yeah, we did have some friends. I know Don actually took his daughter to go see it, too. He said it was pretty good. Um, but I'm still against casting a black person for a white role because, you know, the door is not going to swing both ways. I mean, I guess I'm going to reserve judgment until the live-action Princess and the Frog comes out. But, you know, if they don't cast somebody non-black for that, they could cast a Hispanic, an Indian, any other race other than black for that role if they want to be fair. Then, I mean, I think Disney's going to look like a bunch of hypocrites in my in my opinion. You know, I mean, you'd be mad if Black Panther was an Asian or if the Hulk were orange, right? So, I mean, that's that's my only critique on it. I mean, I understand that she can sing and she's a good actress. I'm not taking anything away from that. But I I just think that that was, you know, possibly not the right casting choice. But but we'll see. If the movie does well, everybody will forget about it. So, so going from there. Famous Hollywood actor Richard Dreyfuss, he spoke out about all this diversity in Hollywood. Is now, now the Academy of Motion Pictures... They're having racial benchmarks in order that you need to hit for movies to be eligible for Academy Awards. So Richard Dreyfuss is speaking out about that. Good on him for using his platform to speak out about this woke Hollywood crap because, you know, they're, they're just checking boxes and they're not rewarding the actual deserving award winners. And that's, you know, crap in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Getting back to Little Mermaid, you know, I can only <laughs> no. I just want it because no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But yeah. I can only say that I hope that this actress got the part because she really was the best for the role, and that should be the only reason why somebody gets 100% the part agree. for the movie or right. gets the job or or whatever. Right. But. I agree with you. And the last thing I got the uh, the Cheers bar, the bar that we saw where everybody knows your name. That's up for auction. You can actually buy the bar. You can go online. 30 years after the last episode aired in May of 1993, you can go buy that square bar and have it in your house, or I don't know what the hell you're going to do with it, but go ahead and check it out. It's up for auction if you want it. On to our Entertainment Idiot of the Week. So I think I told you this story. I thought it was pretty funny. So in Massachusetts, there was a father and a son, and they ran this lottery scheme, and they were just caught, and they're both spending about five years in prison. So what they did was... They basically would find people who won the lottery and they would contact them and they would said like, let's say somebody won $10,000. So they would contact them and say, hey, we'll, we'll go ahead and pay you $9,000 and let's buy your lottery ticket off of you. And then they would go ahead and cash the lottery ticket. The other person wouldn't have to pay taxes on it, wouldn't stay off the radar. And then these people would have to pay taxes on the lottery ticket. But what they did is they fudged gambling losses on their tax returns so that they could write off the tax losses. So how were they caught? Obviously, they were caught because the state of Massachusetts ran an audit and they saw the same father and son winning 85% of the lotteries in the state of Massachusetts. So for that, you get the Entertainment Idiot of the Week. So congratulations for that. But what I find even funnier about it And what I think the reason they got caught, I couldn't believe this when I read the article. The last name of this father and son is Jafar. J-A-F-A-A-R. Just like the bad guy from Aladdin. Is that not the funniest thing that you've ever heard? You don't think it's funny. I don't think it's that funny. I think it's hilarious. 
I think it's hilarious that they have the last name of an evil guy from the Disney movie and they did something bad. I just, I find that funny just as we're talking about Disney. Okay. Jess doesn't find it as funny. What do you think? Maybe, uh, maybe I'm the idiot of the week and I'm the only no, one that finds it funny. never. Fun. You know, I don't know. But it just amazes me how stupid people could be. Like they wouldn't realize that like, hey, people are going to realize that we're winning the lottery every week. I don't know. Right. Well... Jess, I want to thank you for joining us. That's our signing off, New York, New York, usual music. So I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, talking about some entertainment stuff. Of course. Thanks for having me again. Thanks to everybody for listening. We're going to have a uh, special episode coming up where I'm going to be interviewing country music star, rising star, Andrew Salgado. He's going to be on the show and also having YouTube clips of him too. So check that out. And also coming up, we'll be hosting a show live from the Stanley Cup Finals from game three and four and hopefully potentially a game six down in South Florida at Florida Live Arena. So come out and see us down there as the Panthers take on the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's what's going on with the Firemark World Tour and the upcoming stuff. I want to thank everybody for listening and we will see you next time on the Firemark. And find I'm king of the hill Top of the heap These little towns